And I just wanted to thank you so much and welcome you to uh, my show, While You're Living the Life. And I'm um, your host, Jody Smith. And uh, you know, I've got Muriel O'Toole on, on the show today. And you know, for those of you that, that don't uh, know her, she is absolutely an ordinary woman gone extraordinary. And you all, many of my listeners, we, you, know, you know that that's the type of women I like to highlight on my show. Uh, you know, she was a, a teacher and she was a counselor and former assistant superintendent of Horry County Schools. But few people know she was also the fertilizer queen. And that's why I'm happy she's here. <laughs> oh, Muriel, I just I just cracked up when I saw that. What is the fertilizer queen? Well, actually, it wasn't something I ran for. It's just uh, something that happened. I, I always wanted to be a beauty queen that somebody selected and never got that chance. And when I was in the 10th grade... I remember going to the big festival in my hometown. I lived mm-hmm. out in the country, so we came in for the big festival, the Yam Festival. The Yam Festival. Wow. And uh, as I was standing there in the crowd waiting for the parade to begin, I was just thinking, oh, wow, why can't I be in a parade? Why can't I be on the Beauty Queen float? And I watched my classmates, who usually were the town girls, I call them the city girls, yeah. and they had on their strapless net dresses, and they were positioning to get on the float. And I was just dreaming of mm-hmm. doing that. And oh, while yes. that was going on, there was a tall man walking in the crowd. <laughs> and somehow he spotted me, and uh, he, he beckoned me to come. And, and then he said, would you like to ride in the parade? I said, oh, yes, sir. I've always wanted to oh, ride in Who wouldn't want to be in the parade? I know. Everybody wanted to be in the parade. Yeah. And then he said something that shocked me. He said, I'd like you to ride on the right fender of my fertilizer truck in the parade. <laughs> and, you know, I could have been insulted. But I've learned that um, there's more than one way to make things happen. So I said, yes, sir. And little did I know that he was looking at faces to find a poster girl for his fertilizer. And I had that. I had freckles. I had pigtails. I had on a feed sack dress. I looked Mm. just like a farm girl. Well, isn't that terrific? Wow. So, you know, and when I finally got on that big truck. That truck had 20,000 pounds of VC fertilizer on the back. It was a huge Okay, so, thing. you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but fertilizer's kind of stinky. Well, you know what? My dad called that stuff guana, and I knew what it smelled like. But you know what? I was on the front of the truck. I okay. wasn't on the fertilizer, but gotcha. I was there, and at first I was very shy, and I yeah. thought, well, I'm just going to sit here. And then the crowd was responding. I could tell, and so I started doing the little wave. Oh, you found your element. And I started waving and flinging those little fertilizer booklets, and they grabbed it like it was candy. Oh, so it wasn't and cow patties you were flinging. No, <laughs> no. And Jeez. I tell you what, that day I realized um, whether you're on a beauty queen float or fertilizer truck the audience is the same they embrace me and therefore I because of this wonderful man who owned the fertilizer company Mm. who happened to be the mayor and oh he was he made me the the fertilizer queen of the day and I loved it amazing and all you had to do was say yes all I had to do was say yes opportunity was knocking and I stepped up 
oh my gosh, you know, that you are living the life and you've been living the life <laughs> since then. I mean, you know, how many of us just stand by the wayside and, and we wish and, mm-hmm. and we hope and, and we just get, we just get stuck in that whole mediocrity thing. And yeah. gosh, you know, you can make something happen out of anything, apparently, out of tw- how many well, pounds of fertilizer? 20,000 20, pounds. 20,000 And also I've learned from that is no matter where you are, there's always at least one person who will help you make a dream come true. If you just open up your if eyes. You open and up and you embrace it. Even, even if it's like, well, you know, that wasn't what I was thinking. But, but no, but never but dreamed it. Wow. You know, it, you know, one of the things, I, I, I uh, of course, had a chance to, to read your, your book, and it's it's Footprints on the Heart. Is that what it is? That's it, Footprints yes. on the Heart. It's a great book. I just highly recommend everyone pick it up, and we'll talk about that more in the show today. But, you know, one of the things I loved about it was you said, you know, none of us are self-made. Yeah. There's always somebody out there, and, and uh, you know that's how ordinary people become extraordinary. Right, and I think yeah. if we just reflect that each of us is standing on the shoulders, maybe many shoulders, there yeah. are a lot of people who've helped us be what we are today, mm-hmm. and that certainly is extremely true in my case. Oh. I have many, many people who have helped me. Um, be where I am, right here with you, Jody. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't even believe I'm here. Actually, you know, I, mean, I, I did not go to school to, to uh, you know, be a radio host, and and I'm not tra- not particularly trained in it. Uh, but I'm getting training from this awesome people that that uh, run the show here, Dustin and, and and Jeff and Kay. And there's a shout out to those. So there's always somebody there who will exactly. help you get there. Well, you know, and all they had to do was encourage me, actually, yeah. and you know, guide me a bit, of, of course, but just mm-hmm. give me that that uh, that chance. And yes. just like the the, the fertilizer. Or, uh, you know, yeah. uh, farmer or mayor was. <laughs> and, you know, I always, inc- well, we are, you and I, the women of the world, yeah. particularly, we are merchants of encouragement and hope for yes, others. Yes, we are. Yeah. That's, that's who we are. Gosh. You know, I, and, and sometimes we kind of forget that, that we have that innate sort of gift. Yeah. You know, and, and that's one of the things that I love about Hear Woman Talk because it does, it brings everybody together. It gives you a chance yeah. to, to sort of do that with somebody you don't know and, and make a difference, you know. Well, well, tell me, Jody, how long have you been in the Myrtle Beach area? You know, I just came down here in, in November of, of last wow. year. you look like a beach girl to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of assimilated, you know. <laughs> oh, you look great. Oh, so do you. You know, it's just, I'm, I'm sort of living out my passion and uh, you know some some of the people know that that uh, you know I finished a couple books that, that were languishing in, in my heart and in my head uh, back in Annapolis Maryland and uh, you know it just really found some joy here and uh, oh that is great yeah. uh, November that's not long at all I mean I remember we bought a, a little beach house here in the North End in 1967 so see way me. back way uh, back yeah. gosh I mean that was when there were still you know oh. lots of what, what was a you know lots of I'm gonna say mangroves or something else on the beach. That's what people have told me. It's when the before well, the yes, hotels. Well, it was whatever. when they were pulling in fish and nets wow. in Cherry Grove, and uh, after Labor Day, it was so quiet you could just roll up, roll anything down Main Street, gosh. and you could do anything. You drive your car on the Strand. Oh my gosh! Well, I will tell you, I came down in November. It was the first time I was here. And you could do that at Broadway and the Beach. I thought it was like, you know, Twilight Zone or something. You know, the <laughs> oh, Christmas <that's> tree <laughs> was lit, and there were, like, no people there. And I'd never seen that in my life. You know? uh, well, contrast that with today. The traffic uh, is unbelievable. Oh, you're, you're absolutely right about that. So, yeah. But, you know, you know, we were talking about all these people that, that, that sort of helped us out mm-hmm. and, and just helped, you know, push us along. And did you grow up here, or did you end actually, up here? Actually, I, I grew up on a farm. Um, and I tell people that my growing up was much like 
the era of the 20s, albeit I was not in the 20s. Uh, <laughs> of course not. And we had lots of a day over fast cars and free <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it was an, an era where a lot of people had large families to help, you know, have farm workers. So we worked on the farm. My mother had eight babies born on the farm. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we grew up knowing farm work. I could do anything on the farm. And uh, we were bused into school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought going to my hometown was, ah, that was wonderful. I thought my my hometown, Tabor City, was a city. Like, you know, New York City, yeah, 2,000 yeah. people. Wow. Oh, it was big. And then I had teachers, uh, actually, another signature story that absolutely changed my map of the world was my first day in school when I was so eager to learn I you know told my family I was going to learn to read and I couldn't wait and Mm. oh it was great but when I got there here I am I'm in the right seat and I have this wonderful teacher she's smiling and walking around she's obviously the CEO of the situation and then she begins to ask questions she was only doing a little survey to see, you know, what we knew developmentally and, and sure. so she'd know what group to put us in. But she, um, I wasn't prepared for an oral exam. She came right oh. up to me and said, who was Humpty Dumpty? And I'm thinking, Humpty? Who would name a baby Humpty? <laughs> I'd never heard of Humpty Dumpty. Oh. And then instead of saying to me, well... I think you need to sit in the back. It's going to take a little longer with you, or you weren't ready for this class, or what bus do you ride, or looking at my facial features and saying, didn't I have your brother two years ago? Yeah, you know, right, dumbness right. runs all, in families. All but those things that kind of push She down. did none yeah. of that. She did something that absolutely taught me a communications tool that I have used thousands of times. She got down by my desk, which took her a while, and then she looked up in my little first-grade face she put her arm around me and she says, don't worry, we have a lot to learn. And from that moment on, I was in. Wow. She saw me as a target of opportunity. Wow, isn't that and great? And I was so res- responsive and receptive, and that's it, being responsive. Yeah. And so I wanted to be whatever she was. You know, leadership is about example. Yeah and influence and so I just watched her I watched the way she walked and talked and in two weeks I knew what I wanted to do with my life I wanted to be whatever she was oh anything yes. and that's the power that we were talking about yeah. you know of others seeing us so that's how I became a teacher wow. when so. she said a few weeks later that we were going on a field trip I thought field trip I live in a field I've been going on these exciting field trips ever since so that's a, a moment in one of those persons whose shoulders I am standing on because she really turn my world around and and that's how I got into education it's, isn't that amazing I mean you know it's like so many people have have touched you and and and, and reached out to you yeah. and you you simply said yes and and you with your heart sometimes and and sometimes with a, scared to death yeah exactly <laughs> we just jumped right in I mean how many how many of us women are like that you know well I think you are <laughs> yeah. well I, I would say so uh, as well <laughs> we I'm, never know and it's a little scary but it is uh, scary. it's the way it's the only way for me is yeah. I'm always putting my foot in waters that uh, I'm not sure what's going to be there, but it's going to be an exciting time. Yeah, you know, it's just a matter of, of, of uh, wanting to live out your passions, and, yeah. and, and, and you know, it's just such a, a neat thing when we can do that for, yeah. for people, and we certainly try to do that on, on Hear Women Talk, and oh, uh, yeah. it's a brand new uh, network by one of your mentors, uh, Kay. And, uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Kay has just been such an encourager to me. I'll never forget this funny thing. She was having a I think it was um, 
either a Fourth of July or, or maybe a memorial. I don't know what it was. She was having something at her house. And when you have parties for these holidays, you don't have guest speakers. She said, Muriel, I want you to speak. Oh, thought, my gosh. On that note, <laughs> I want to hear what Kay said. And we're, we're going to take a break on that. But I can't think of a better opportunity to uh, think about that. Hey, if you want to chat in on uh, uh, the Wow, You're Living a Life, please do. And, and You know, we are so happy uh, to welcome Mural O'Toole on Wow, You're Living the Life. And, uh, you know, I, I am obviously your host. I've been here you know, a couple days a week and whatnot. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that, that isn't so obvious is how much, you know, certain people actually have an, uh, an impact on our lives and an influence. And, and sometimes it's a, it's a brief footprint on, on our heart, to, as uh, is uh, the book by my guest today, uh, Mural O'Toole. Welcome back, Mural. Well, great, Jody. I just enjoy being here with you because you have energy that that just connects. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm just an ordinary Joe, you know, but I've, I've said yes a few times like, like you and, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, uh, been, been helped along. You know, I grew up in a small town in, in Pennsylvania, and um, I'd say maybe you know, only about 20% of, of the people went to college. And, uh, you know, very few of them were women. It was much more common to, to stay home. And there's nothing wrong with that. But my folks were all about, no, I want you to be, uh, you know, college educated. So I was like, well, okay, you know, I will. And I just kind of went along. I was just like, well, okay, that's how I've lived my life, you know. Is, is that how you ended up, uh, you know, moving on to college from your small town? Well, or? actually, um, I'll... I'm one of seven adult children. Uh, mm. My mother, one of the children, died uh, near birth time. And uh, so there were seven of us who grew up, but my parents never mentioned college. You see, uh, my dad's dream for us was to finish high school. I think he finished fifth grade and my mom finished eighth. And I heard all about what a great student she was, but there wasn't a high school near them. So my dad's goal was for everybody to go to high school and finish and get a diploma. Mm. And, but there was never talk. And, you know, I thought, well, that was just such a, a low goal for my dad mm. as I was a teenager. And I'm thinking, I want to do something more than that. But when my mom and dad had died and we went back to close down the home place, mm. I walked in that girl's bedroom. There was like a girl's bedroom, a boy's bedroom, and mom and dad's bedroom in my house. Yeah. And when I walked in that girl's bedroom, there on the wall were seven high school diplomas. Mm. We had framed them. He wanted them framed. And I realized that my dad did um, did have a dream, and that goal was realized as I took them off one by one and handed them to my siblings. I thought, yeah, but you know, my goal was greater than that. I was the only one. I was the first one to go to college on mm. either my mom or dad's side, and the way that happened is so unique. I couldn't get a scholarship because I wanted to be an English teacher. I wanted to major in oh. English and literature yeah. like Beth Woody, my high school teacher. <laughs> and there were no scholarships. No. And, uh, I mean, they, my teachers worked hard, but there was no way, and I knew my parents didn't have money. And my high school principal was one of those guys who didn't say much, but he was a man of action. He would come visit us out on the farm and shell butter beans with the family occasionally. And, and he just wanted so much for me to go to college and he was working and thinking about what connections he might have I got word to meet him in my hometown that he was going to take me to a college I had no idea where we were going wow. mm. so I showed up 
and we went to a small college in North Carolina. He introduced me to the president. Wow. And I thought, man, this is big time because the only other star I knew was the mayor who gave me a ride on the fertilizer truck. <laughs> but he said, I want you to take her. She has potential, and she'll need some work scholarships because mm-hmm. I had a very strong work ethic. And then he did something that was so profound. He took out his wallet and handed the president a $100 bill mm. and said, this is a beginning. And I thought that $100 bill was a $1,000. Oh, I yes, didn't know. Absolutely. And that's how I got in. I never took a test. I never, you know, I got work scholarships and then was able to get a small loan, and that's how I began my college education. So, you know, those people who help us get there, I always would go visit my first grade teacher, Mm -hmm. my principal, to let them know. And we'll talk about that hopefully later on about the importance of gratitude, appreciation. But that's how I got in. And my parents were proud of me, but I always felt like I was sort of out of my element with my family because, you know, college was not at the top of the mountain. Yeah. But yeah. they did give me a strong work ethic, a strong faith. Mm. My parents were very religious, and we were in church all the time. And at night, the Bible was read every night. Every I used night to well. be embarrassed when, oh my gosh. when my <laughs> when a friend would come and stay, and we'd have to listen to the Bible and like, have oh a loud gosh, prayer. Yeah. But you know what? That's what keeps me really grounded is knowing that... Um, you know, I can do it, and I have parents who have shown me how to be strong and how to believe that there's a way to make things happen. Yeah, you know, I mean, that it's so important when, when we want to try and, and live that valuable life, and, and maybe it's at home or maybe it's at college mm-hmm. or, or maybe it's out there, but just having that, that yeah. principle of, you know, of faith and and, uh, and and just that willingness to learn and, and be open to all kinds of ways to, yeah. to, to get that spirit motivated. And, yeah. You know. And you've done the same thing. Uh, you're a different generation <laughs> from me, of course. But, uh, just a tad, but that's uh, cool. But you've had the same things happen. I you've have. been able to just put your foot in the door. I have. That's just right. let me get my nose in the door, and then yeah. I'll go from there. Absolutely. I mean, I had wonderful parents and, and uh, good friends and neighbors that actually took me to church and exposed me at a very early age to, mm-hmm. you know, what, what God could do. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my, my dad and, and, and my mom were very loving people. We did grow up with a lot of money, and, and uh, you know, I had to pay my way through school. Yeah. But I, I was like, you know, okay, so that's what I got to do. That's what I got to do, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm very thankful for all the people that, that helped me because, you know, I certainly tried to pay my way through school, but, you know, there was a hundred here from, from an aunt or an uncle or, mm-hmm. or you know, dad and, and mom would find that and I'd have, you know, uh, something really nice to wear when I'd go off to school or, you know, so yeah. there's all these little ways that people keep you and your spirit high. And, 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 and little things thing. mean a lot. Yeah. And I guess right before the break, we were talking about, you know, fast forward to where you are now. You met uh, Kay. Well, gosh, maybe not necessarily now. Maybe you're telling me that may have gone back, what, 10, 15 years even, huh? Well, well, yes, uh, I met Kay in the early 90s, and she was upcoming president of American Business Women Association. And I'd been in schools for 30 plus years, and I wanted to I wanted to be associated with women who were not in the faculty lounge. I'd been, you know, I just had not been out, mm-hmm. and I just was so in awe of business women. So that's how I met Kay, and just a whole new. Um, um, a whole new circle of friends mm-hmm. that uh, were like sisters, and it's like 
anything else, uh, you know, when you live in different places or even from high school, there's one or two people that you tend to keep in touch with. Yeah. And Kay's one of those people that, man, I want her to be on my list oh, <laughs> forever because wow. wow. she's just she's so positive and uplifting and encouraging. And I don't care who we are. We need that encouragement. Yeah, we do. You to know, keep on, keeping on. Yeah, and she, now she's sort of spreading that out, uh, you know, through here Women Talk, which is, yeah. is awesome. Amazing, right? yeah, and she's so exciting. She just is, bu- she's just bursting open with excitement <laughs> about this project, and I, I think it's wonderful. Oh, that is good. You know, it, it, it's neat. And, you know, I'm sure that you've empowered her as well, and uh, you know, she thrives off of, of people like yourself. Who, one thing she was telling me uh, is that you haven't always been in this extraordinary mode, you know, of of just being in the right place at the right time. Sometimes there's some bad things that kind of what went, yeah. happened right. in your life and, yeah. and, and, and you still managed to sort of pull out of that. Yeah. Do you feel comfortable sharing some oh, of these yes. losses? Well, I guess what she's referring to, um, my son William died at age 23. Oh he was gosh. in medical school and it was just a tragedy and I thought, oh man, that, that my, my world stopped and I, I just realized how vulnerable we are as human beings mm. and how things happen that we seem we seem out of control because I I just was not it was such a shock and I thought well the more I thought about that is I can be better or I can be bitter I'm not going to let this totally do me in and I had to be strong for my family and strong for everybody and and look at the good things that he did he was absolutely an incredible kid he mm. well he had a full academic scholarship to the Citadel at age 15 oh for heaven's sake and wow. uh, and he was um, elected to be the um, National Vice Chief Order of the Hour for Boy Scouts of America and had mm. given um, President Reagan the Boy Scout report. Wow. He'd just done so much stuff for, uh, he was outgoing and, and vivacious and did so much in the years that he lived. But it was just such a cloud. It's like a wound that never heals, yeah. but still life goes on. Yeah. And I have to focus on what's out there and what I can do to um, keep myself um, from being bitter about bad things that happen in life. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. it, it's it's hard to get through that. You know, yeah. I, I certainly uh, don't know. You know, I can't feel your pain. You right. Because I didn't go through right. that. And and uh, you know, I, I share that in my in my own book. I I may not know your pain or your joy, but I do know it. And yeah. a lot of times, people think, well, you know, you're a success here, or you, your life is great over there, or what have you. But they don't realize that yeah. you know, you, you do have some loss, and and you do have that temptation. To, to, to you know, not really move on, but really right. focus on the on the sad things. And so, you know, if I have some listeners here that maybe want to benefit from what what you learned in that, I think you even actually uh, give a talk or, or a spiel on on not becoming bitter. What, what would be right. some some thoughts that you could share about that? Well, I I would say that of course there's a time when you just acknowledge, uh, but I have found that if I just um, got involved in doing something else where my mind was not I didn't dwell on it 24-7 yeah. it takes a while but I just felt like um, at first I was wondering what had I done had I been and I'd worked so hard at being a great parrot in fact yes. I was teaching parroting and I said oh gosh is there anything I could have done differently? But you know what? I thought I did the best I could. And that's what I tell people. The decisions we make, 
we do it based on the situation at the time, the knowledge we have, experience we have, and then we learn more. Yeah. And I was just determined that I was going to, uh, that, that God had left me here for a purpose, mm-hmm. and I was going to fulfill that. I yeah. was going to uh, to keep doing and helping others because I knew I had that talent. God had given me that talent to relate to others, to communicate, and to help them grow, become, achieve, and be yeah. uh, just like people had helped me. You know, there, there's so much, uh, you know, that we can learn from others and, and also learn from, you know, wherever we draw our, our, our spiritual wholeness. And, uh, yeah. you know, A Place That I Go uh, is, a, you know, a book that, that has some, some great great thoughts in it. And, and, and one of them happens to be that, uh, you know, we, we can all heal, but sometimes that healing isn't about our own healing. It's about equipping us or training us to heal others. Mm-hmm. And, and you do have to have, you know, some kinds of experience so you can comfort others. And, you know, they were a lot more eloquent in their in their way that they presented it than me. But, you know, I'm going from memory on it, you know. Right. But it still touched me. And, and yes. It's the same uh, thing, one of know. the, um, there's a little line or two that um, seemed to speak to me uh, because, uh, you know, we have to have a song in our hearts. We have to have a heart song. Oh, yeah. And there was just a couple of lines. Uh, it's uh, like a butterfly that has lost a heart. A heart that has lost the will to sing is like a butterfly with a broken wing. Oh, my gosh. You know, that's true. I didn't want to lose the song in my heart. And you had so many with your son. I mean, it's so so horrible. I I don't know what I would do. So uh, getting out and associating with positive people who who uplift you instead of wallow in your misery or your sadness. uh, Just get out there and, and face it. And uh, and go on and of course close the door and cry when you have to Absolutely. but still so go find, on and face find your tomorrow joy and, yep. and enjoy your joy you Absolutely know? I mean yeah and it, it's a tough thing you know it I, is. I I have friends who've lost their, their their kids to suicide I have friends that have lost their their kids to uh, drugs and and, I, and you know so they're alive but they're they're gone yeah. you know what oh, I mean yeah, I do and, and as a teacher maybe you've seen that you know oh yes I've, it, I've it's seen so hard you know and it's difficult they hang on and and uh, you know the door's open, right? but they move on also, and, and it's, it's tough to do it. But they and I'm so to. glad that I chose to be better and to uh, know that there was, there was, um, there was a life, <coughs> excuse me, there was a life for me, Yeah. and I'm going to enjoy it. Gosh. Well, you know, I, I see that you found joy, and, and, you know, one of the other things that I know that um, you speak on is uh, uh, a topic called uh, Seven Habits of, of Miserable People. And, uh, you know, that's the sort of thing that I think would be a, a perfect thing to sort of segue into in our next segment. We're, we're going to take a, a break here in just a second. And uh, But if you maybe sort of think about that, anyone who's listening, I know we've all heard of Seven Habits of Effective People. And uh, I call that know. the Seven Deadly Habits oh, there we go. So, <laughs> of Miserable so People. When we come back, we're going we're gonna to hear all about Muriel and, and uh, her thoughts on, on, you know, what the seven... Uh, was it? How's it going? Seven, seven deadly habits. Seven of highly miserable people. Okay, I I want to hear that. That's got to have some <laughs> some fun in it and and some some wisdom for us. So well, we're going to take a break here. This is the Jody Lynn Smith Show on the Zeus Radio Network.
Welcome back to Wow, You're Living the Life for, with your host, me, uh, Jody Lynn Smith. And, uh, you know, we are talking with Muriel O'Toole. She's an author, former assistant uh, superintendent for Orient County Schools and uh, a fertilizer queen, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the first in her family to, to go to college. And, and uh, you know, sadly, we, we've also learned that with all these extraordinary and wonderful things in, in her life, she's also had some sadness in the, in the loss of her son. And, uh, you know, we're we're talking about how she made an actual choice to be happy and and uh, and not bitter, but better. And uh, we were just uh, sort of getting into uh, you know some of the strategies for that. And and I don't know if any of our listeners uh, you know are are struggling with any loss of a child or loss of other something else that they loved. But certainly, if you'd like to you know, call in and and, uh, and or chat in with uh, Muriel, she's also a uh, uh, psychotherapist. Is that what you would call her? Psychologist. Psychologist. Okay. Excuse me. You know, there's so many terms out here, and I'm not quite sure wh- which shingle is appropriate for which thing. But I can tell you that Muriel's got it going on, and if you want to chat in or give us a call at uh, 646-652-2071, you're going to have some, uh, some firsthand advice uh, from this uh, magnificent woman. Uh, you know, what, what we are just talking about at the break is something that, that she's actually talked about called, in, in her uh, speeches, Seven Deadly Habits of Highly Miserable People. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to read them. I'm going to have uh, Muriel tell me what that's all about and sort of share the impetus behind that. Well, um you know, there's in life, there's about 1% of the people who are just totally miserable, and they love their misery. Oh, I know a few of those. 1%, 1 out of 10. And no matter what you do, it, it's uh, virtually impossible to do something with them, but that leaves other people you can work with. There's about, oh, 20% who are iffies, but then there's like... 79% that love you no matter what oh, yeah. and are easy to work with. Mm. And uh, I have found that um, I ask myself, uh, if I'm picking uh, a team, do I want to be on my team? Oh. What do I bring? When I walk in a room, what yeah. do I bring to that room? Right. Nice. What do I bring to the table? Do I want to sit by them? Yeah. And there are certain people in life that you just don't want to sit by because when they come in, you say, oh, no, why did they show up? Oh, yeah, you yeah. have you can't help but they're have they're, that yeah, reaction sometimes. They never have a good day. They they have ac- ac- aches and pains. They're just – so those are those miserable people. And uh, so what I say is we have to work – at choosing people because the type of people we choose to be with determines our own um, attitude. Yeah. I, I don't know why it is, but instead of us being uplifted when we're around these negative people, they seem to bring us down. You know what? That, that's so true. And, and what, I, what I, I found actually is that a lot of people sort of gravitate towards me, and sometimes they're they're in that category that you mentioned, the miserable category. I don't think so. <laughs> Just a few of them. <laughs> but they want, a, they want some of your positiveness to, to rub off on and, them. And, and I'm happy to do that, but I do notice sometimes yeah. that in doing that, it, it will bring me down too. Well, it drains you. Know, you. I conscious that, of it. Um, yeah. they, they plug into you like a vacuum cleaner and try to suck out your good stuff. Yeah. But um, I there's a there's some habits that uh, actually can run in families. Mm. Uh, you know, we hear our parents saying this or our grandparents, and we just sort of end up being that way. Yeah. So um, there, the seven deadly habits. I'll I'll bring out to a few of them. The number one deadly habit mm. is criticism. Mm. That is the most deadly. And yeah. it hurts because if you think back as early as you can remember, 
what is the first put down you had? Yeah. And you can remember put downs in childhood. You can remember put downs. They yeah. don't seem to go away. They're there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, people don't realize how deadly those are. So I say anything, anybody you want to live with and, and be friends with and hang out with, leave off the criticism because it's deadly. It's a yeah. deadly habit. Yeah. Another one is uh, the habit of blaming. We live in a blame society we where do. it's always somebody else's fault. Oh, Whether well, we're yeah. late, what, no matter what goes on, and the courts reflect all of that. I mean, yeah. um, if this kid kills the grandparent, it, there was a reason. Blaming, blaming, blaming. Blame. Yeah. And uh, to step up to the plate and just take responsibility for whatever whatever behaviors, um, blaming is big. And kids mm-hmm. learn that. I can just hear, you know, little children, kindergarten, first graders, just, are all, it wasn't their fault. Yeah, they I didn't, didn't do, it. do it. They did it. I, they did it, yeah. <laughs> uh, so blaming is big. Another one is complaining. I don't mm-hmm. know anybody who signs up to sit by complainer oh yeah every day yeah. it just wears well, you well, out you know i think sometimes people they, they complain and they don't really realize it you it, know it's i mean it's just part of their part conversation of their, yeah know. yeah it's a habit yeah it's a habit yeah and and i also put in that category the whiners oh <laughs> people who constantly whine i really do not like whiners oh you know, um, my, my son said something the other day, and he, he cracks me up all the time, and he goes, I, you know, I, I'm a very positive person, I think, but I was just saying something, I don't know what it was, and he goes, well, I'm going to call 911 and ask for the ambulance. <laughs> oh, that's a <laughs> that good was, one. I like I that. It. I was like, yeah. you, know, I, you know, I've raised it to be positive, and that's what he did. He just like, got me right out of wherever I was. And well, it, you know, you know who knows. it's good that he helps you snap out of it. Well, he did, because, you know, even positive people, and, and you know, we, we have our time when, when life is heavy. It know? is heavy. And it's and not really that heavy i mean you know we just get it off our shoulders but, with a laugh uh, but, it's just uh, so easy to slip and slip yeah. into these bad habits and of course uh another one would be nagging I, I was intrigued with with the nagging uh habit because the the word nag comes from a norwegian word that means to gnaw like a rat gnaws oh, so it's just yeah. gnawing it's yeah. a gnawing and uh nagging is something that uh i just cannot tolerate yeah. uh but there are a lot of people out there who use that as a tool to get what they want won't or think they and these are just habits that just kill relationships and um threatening punishing bribing those are some that go along with that but um to have a the most important thing in life in terms of the way we live day in and day out is the i think 86 percent of the people say that the joy and fulfillment they get in life comes from relationships Mm. so it's worth working on having those relationships that aren't so toxic one of my goals the older i get the more selective i am Mm. i am not going to spend the rest of my life hanging out with toxic people yeah i want those who just uplift me encourage me and and uh who um, just have a handle on life that even though things are so tough and so bad we still can have some joy yeah we absolutely can and you know there's a way to find that joy in, in in even the you know the the people that are in that little misery trade or what have you, I guess. But, you know, it's sort of interesting. What happens if you're in a relationship, in your view, and, and there's a lot of positives to it, mm-hmm. but, you know, you got this habit or two. I mean, it's kind of like living with a, uh, someone who maybe smokes and you don't smoke, you know, but you may love that person, but, you know, gosh, you really don't care for that. And I, I'm sorry, but I don't smoke. <laughs> so if anyone, yeah. I'm not trying to offend anyone that does smoke. But, but my point is, as a non-smoker, 
you know, it is one of those habits that we have to sort of tolerate. Uh, and I'm wondering if, if that's what you think, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, some of these, these uh, negative habits or, or well, what have you. Well, one thing I keep reminding myself is the only person I can control is myself. Yeah. I may not, I won't be able to change you, mm-hmm. but I can change my response to you. Yeah. So instead of criticizing, complaining, nagging, I can choose to leave. Yeah. Uh, it's just like when my kids were growing up uh, and we were having dinner, my yeah. husband, and if they did not use manners, what I learned to do right. is, excuse me, when things are better at this table, I will return and I will eat with you. Oh, I see. And, you know, they wanted me there. Yeah. So, uh, so. It was just, uh, uh, and I I did that a couple of times. Yeah. I just left the scene because I'm not going to sit there if they're eating with their mouths open or whatever they're doing that sure. bothers me. Right. I can't control them, but I can choose my behavior. So therefore in my case it shaped them up. Wow. So that, so that was that's really one cool. action to take. I can I can um, I can respond differently. Yeah. And um, and uh, a thing I think that's so important is to say, um, I feel or it bothers me, not like why don't you, when yeah. will you ever, yeah. why can't you, or I'm sick and tired of you. Yeah. Say, or you uh, should do this, yeah. or you should do that, or whatever. Uh, right. In my opinion, or um, you know, I feel you know, let yourself be the person, yeah. because the person who angers you controls you. That's true. So you might as well, uh, you know, people just don't realize the simple things that uh, they are in control because we control our responses. We cannot control other people, mm. but. Um, I know uh, once, uh, getting back to kids growing up, I commuted when I lived in Dorchester County. I commuted to work about 30 minutes. Mm. And I'd come home and here were the kids. They were snacking and just having a good old time. Sure they were. And and I was thinking, (laughs) there was no one one watching the Have you done the homework? Why are you watching this TV? And they would just get, you know, like, they don't even want me to come home because I'm going to be on them. Yeah. So I got to thinking about that. And if I were, uh, if I were one of my children, I wouldn't want that either. Mm. So I tried to put myself in their shoes. So what I would do on my way home, I'd sort of think about what I was going to say. I would Mm. try to get my strategy in my head. So instead of getting on them when I walked in and saw them lounging and eating and not doing homework and watching TV, I said, oh, I'm so delighted that you got home safely. Oh, nice. Nice. You know, tell me about today or, uh, you know, that that kind of thing. And then I noticed that when I changed my tone and I changed uh, my behavior, yeah. then they did the things that needed to be done. I remember what Robert Conklin said once. He said, to the extent you give others what they need, they will give you what you need. Mm-hmm. You need to give it to them first. Absolutely. And so that has helped guide me in terms of, of these deadly habits that mm. I certainly... Uh, work hard not to uh, to, wow. to do. You know that that was so great that you're able to sort of you know identify the the, the kind of common things. I mean, we've all heard a, a few th- a few of the things you know about nagging and that kind of thing, and you know, but really just realizing that that men do it, women do it, mm-hmm. girlfriends do it, and 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 but there's a way that we don't have to do it, and, and we can empower each other, and that's that's something 
we do on, on Hear Women uh, Talk, by the way. We've got yeah. groups there that are encourage people on blogs and all kinds of neat things. And we're going to take a break here, but I would encourage you to maybe, you know, uh, jump right on Hear Women Talk and, and uh, chat with some of the girlfriends and check out the groups. And, and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some great things that uh, you can do uh, to follow and, and uh, the footsteps of uh, Miro O'Toole and maybe put some footprints on, uh, on hearts and, and, and lead kindly and, and, and love broadly. So uh, this is a Jody Lynn Smith show for the Zeus Radio Network and Hear Women Talk. Welcome back to Wow, You're Living the Life with me, your host, Jody Lynn Smith. And uh, my guest today is Mira O'Toole. She is a, a former assistant superintendent of Warrior County Schools. She is a, a, a wife, a mother. Uh, she's also the, the fertilizer queen, which I'm personally enamored <laughs> with. And for some reason, that just cracks me up. And, uh, you know, it, it's just something I have to bring up, I guess. But, uh, you know, also, uh, you know, she's suffered some, some things that, uh, you know, a few of us have, you know. A, a loss of a, a child, and, and, and I believe maybe you've had some um, husband. a loss of a husband. I think you brought that up, and 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 yet you were talking about you know in the last segment ways that that you managed to to get better and and not be bitter, and 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 I know that you've gotten really so much better, and you've been extraordinary. You wrote this phenomenal book. And, uh, you know, as an author myself, I, I always love it, you know, speaking to somebody who's, who's um, taken that challenge on and, and really, you know, put it out there for others. And, you know, one of the things that, that, that you shared, uh, you know, that really touched me was that, you know, if you could practice the seven L's. So we've got the, you know, the, the seven deadly habits and, and the seven L's. And I'm like, I feel like I feel the need to balance with some happy stuff. So <laughs> what, what, what can you do? Can you share that with us? Well, yes, the seven L's that uh, are in my book about um how to practice them in order to have a full life. One is, of course, be a loving person. Yeah. Be a loving person. And uh, another one is to laugh. Laughter is a gift. Oh, yes. That as long as we can laugh, there's hope. You know, I swear to everybody I'm a blonde. There's some there's some suspicion that that may not be true, but I swear that if you don't laugh at yourself, you're missing all the fun. You have to. <laughs> In fact, uh, before we go on to the next one, you were talking about being a positive person and not engaging in those uh, seven deadly habits of highly miserable people. Yeah. Well, um, it's it's been such a joy for me to watch my granddaughter. I have two grandsons, and then the youngest uh, mm. grandchild is a girl named Delaney. And, um, oh, about three years ago, I guess it was, when I go visit them, um, of course, I have a flannel nightgown that I leave there because I want to look like that proverbial grandmother. Of course you so do. So I don't take any sexy stuff when I go to, to <laughs> spend the weekends. And uh, But uh, they like to come in and snuggle with me. So yeah. one, one morning, Delaney's coming to snuggle with me, and I'm pulling down my flannel nightgown <laughs> to be decent. Yeah, and yeah. she sees some of my varicose veins. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm trying to cover up the yeah, varicose yeah, veins. Sure. And she looks at my legs, and she says... Oh, Mama, I like your tattoos. <laughs> and I said, you know, the joy in that child, I will love her forever because oh. she sees the bright side of yes. life. And uh, so now I look at my varicose veins and I think, oh, yeah, tattoos. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I like it. Come on. But, you know, that's, uh, that's part of the ability to love and to laugh and to look ahead. Yeah. Oh, man, just like um, I'm involved. We're talking about how to 
step in even though you don't know what the future holds. Okay. An example of that is, is risk-taking behavior I'm doing right now. Um, I've been asked to do a workshop at a convention in Spokane, Washington. You're kidding. It's a long ways, and That's I'm not right. getting paid to do this, so I'm thinking, how am I going to get there? Right, yeah. Well, I checked, and the ticket was like $900. Oh my gosh. I have a friend from Pennsylvania. I can room with her, so, oh, good, you know, good, good, I can good. I can work that out. But I called my son, who's a pilot, and uh, I said, Brian, I need some help. I can't afford 900 and some dollars. So he's trying to work things out. It means I'm going to have four legs. I'm going to be standing. Stand by. It may take me two or three days to get there, oh my but gosh. you know what? I'm going. You're I'm go. going. I'm not sure when I'll get there. I'm not sure when I'll get back, mm. and that would just blow some people's minds. Yeah, but I have to that. take that risk. Wow. And and so there, there must be something that's drawing you to this workshop. And w- tell us about it. What's well, happening here? Well, there's. Uh, it's actually. Uh, it w- it's an international workshop where there will be women educators from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And so it's a great uh, opportunity to to see different people. Some of them will be dressed in their native um, native uh, costumes. Yeah. Um, it, it's just a, a a haven for me to get in there and learn. I, and that's one of the L's: mm. learning. Learning learn. is a lifelong uh, deal. We have to learn, and that's why you're here too. You yeah, were willing absolutely. to come and learn new stuff. We're learning new stuff oh, today. Absolutely, you know. So, uh, yeah, I learning learn, is, is big. So I will be able to learn and go to some workshops, and then I'm doing a workshop called Heart Prints Are Forever. Really, tell me about that. That's and like a, a takeoff on your book. Yeah, I'm, I'm working in. I'm working on a new book called Heart Prints Are Forever, where I will deal with um, the legacy we leave. We all leave a legacy, whether it's uh, a positive one or a negative one. Yeah. We leave one, yeah. and uh, it's all about knowing that the heart prints that we leave are those. Um, those deeds, those words, that acts of kindness, the, what we have done to others that they don't ever forget mm. that is a part of the legacy. And I work at that because I want my children and grandchildren to be able to tell their children, yeah. you know, that uh, that Mama was cool yeah. and that I was a joy to be around and yeah. that I, I want them to be positive and know that no matter what happens in life, we all have those downtimes that life is to be lived. So, yes. yeah, that's what I'm going to do there. So it's worth that risk. How exciting. And then I meet people, too, when I get in trouble on the way, you know, yeah. when I need help. Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> I mean, so, gosh, you, could, you might end up writing, a, you know, a, a blog of your journey, uh, you know, out west know. or, or something like that. Because my, uh, I think the best quote from my book, Footprints on the Heart, is, you can't leave footprints standing still. Oh, that is powerful. You've got to keep moving. And yes. I do that. Even you though do. I don't know what's out there, I'm willing to take a risk yeah. and, and journey and step out and do. Of course, uh, another L that we're talking about, the seven L's, is labor, work, work. I mean, I don't know how to get out of working. I want to work. I love working. Well, I can't say I love working, but I got to say I do it all the time, so maybe I love it. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, it's a part of who we are. I can yeah. imagine it. And then lifting up, we have to just That's look my favorite up, one. Lift up and let go of things we cannot control. Mm. Just let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Let it so. go and and find a, a way to just pull yourself or or maybe a girlfriend up, you know? Oh I mean, yeah. Yeah. I find that when I am uplifted myself when I work on myself those around me tend to come up yeah 
So when I'm down, I like to be with those people who can lift me up as well. So. well you know, I mean, I, when, I, when I hear you talk about that, I think, wow, you're living the life. And, and, and in, for people that don't know where I got the name from my show, people used to say that to me, and I'd be looking at them like, what do you mean? You know, why can't you do what I do? Yeah. You know? And, and I realized uh, somewhere along the line that, that not everyone is willing to take that risk. Yeah. And, and then I realized something else. I said, you know what? I, I am living a life, but not because of what I've done, but because of what I have not let undo me. And you didn't let that $900 ticket undo you. I didn't let coming to Myrtle Beach, uh, you know, once my son graduated high school, I said, you know what? It's time for me to branch out. And, and I didn't let the fact that I didn't know where I was going keep me from making that step either. You, so You're right. Shifting gears is scary stuff, it, but it shifting is. gears brings a whole new um <laughs> World of of awareness and newness and uh, excitement. Yeah, you know, and I you, like the way oh, you do it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're my, my my biggest fan. I like it. Well, you know, it's oh, so cool. gosh. Well, so you know, I mean, how do you get that awareness? You know, I I kind of people accuse me of having my head in the sand and not being aware, and that's when I go blonde, right? But you're you're really uh, focused on 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 being aware. That's part of your well, teaching. It really started back with my first grade teacher. She yeah, she just it. opened a world. For example, she said, we're going on a field trip to a bank. Mm. Well, in my mind, a bank was a sweet potato bank where we, it was like a, a mound of dirt where we would store the potatoes for the winter. Oh, right. But when we went on a field trip to a bank uptown, that bank had money, not potatoes. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, it's just a whole new awareness of what's wow. out there. And I have brought that through my life. This, I've never done that before or... Um, I want to know about that, yeah. and and you yeah, experiencing just life, experiencing life, wow. yeah. Because yeah. every day there's something to learn and do. Oh my gosh! So is. that's that awareness. You just have to be open to that instead of yeah. closed mind and I'm too old for that or that's not something I like to or do. How do you know? Or that's good for you, yeah. you know, Jody, but that's not good for me. Yeah. You know, like well, come on, you yeah. know, let's, let's just right. check it out. So. We have choices, and virtually everything we do in life is a choice we make. Yeah. Whether we choose to 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 leave that leave heart prints that are significant or just to, to just not engage and uh, and be there for people who need you yeah you know and, and you can you can be there for the people that that, that seem to pull you down a little bit you can lift them up and then yeah. move on keep walking you know make your make your your footprints on someone else's heart and not be pulled not be pulled into a stuck position by the, the negativity that's around there you know right. I tell I'm you what Jody I for the last 31 years I have some old rental property at North Myrtle Beach yeah. and for 31 years Campus Crusade for Christ students have been I've housed them in the summertime for three months Wow! and they are the brightest and uh, the most positive kids in the world mm. and I just I just walk a little faster when I I mean they just lift me up because they're so engaged in being um, involved they work and yet they do their studies they go around and they help everybody and they make me smile and and I'm their uh, landlady and so <laughs> I am just so surrounded and so blessed and and when my husband died and I was in a financial absolute crisis I still had those old rentals. I couldn't sell the buildings. Mm. And those are the rentals that today pay my bills. Wow. 
that you know because the students still come and they don't complain about the old buildings and the air conditioners mm. and the windows and and the fact that they're not modern condos they're there to for a purpose they're there on a mission and we're all on a mission we're all on a mission and we, we never really realize how that one little thing can can actually move someone forward and and that's what uh, we're all about here on wow you're living the life and I'm, I'm sorry we're, we're running out of time but golly gee I, I really enjoyed talking with you Muriel and I you know invite you to join uh, here women talk as a member and and uh, we can chat back and forth on a regular basis. You're such a, a positive uh, force, and, and uh, I love what you're doing for that campus crusade, uh, you know, for kids and Christ and all that too. You know, leading a valuable life everywhere. Well, Jody, you certainly have left positive footprints on my heart. <laughs> thank oh, you, thank you. <laughs> well, gosh, I mean, on that note, I, I, I'd love to close because you know I, I might as well leave on a good note, right? <laughs> this is a Jody Lynn Smith show on the Zeus Radio Network for Hear Women Talk, and uh, wow, you're living the life.